Welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the Quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Anna of Wax and Wayne Studio. Hi, everyone. Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Hillary of By Hillary Jordan. Hi. Before we jump into all the quilty fun today, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Hillary? Sure. Um, I'm Hillary, and I am from Houston, Texas. Um, I have two boys and a husband and two cats. Um, I have been quilting for the past decade and sewing for nearly two decades, which seems impossible, but is kind of terrifying. Um, (laughs) And I just, I love everything crafty. I always have. I remember as a kid, I would like sit in my closet and like sketch dresses, um, which is surprising that I don't do more garment sewing than I do, but that's me. So we typically start off with asking people about their Instagram handle, but since yours Mm -hmm. is self-explanatory, we wanted to kick things off with, um, could you tell us more about your self-proclaimed status as a Disney fanatic? Can you tell us everything? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I can tell you. Um, So I am a Disney adult and um, the, I, my parents took me for the first time when I was five and it was like, that was it. I was done. I loved it. Never going back. Um, Even as a 30 year old, I go and I'm like that crazy person sobbing, walking down main street because you're so happy Um, when I did the Disney college program when I was in college. Uh, so I did a six month internship working at Disney. I was at the time I was a theater major. Um, so I was a skipper on the jungle cruise (laughs) (laughs) and, um, so I got to drive a boat in circles and tell lots of punny jokes for 14 hours a day in the Florida heat. And it was amazing and I loved it. And um, I got to go in the Utilidors, which are these tunnels. I was going to just ask about this. Yes. (laughs) Tunnels under the Magic Kingdom. It's like I walked under the castle every day when I went to work and it was awesome. So basically Disney, when they designed the park, they wanted to make sure that any employees wouldn't be seen either out of character or getting mm-hmm. to and from places. So it truly creates that world of magic. Yeah. So basically below Disney is an entire warren of tunnels so you can get everywhere mm-hmm. without like popping above ground. It is yeah. mind blowing. So <laughs> it goes awesome. back. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes back, I guess, um, at Disneyland, Walt was in Frontierland and he saw someone walking in their Tomorrowland costume like across through Frontierland, and he's like, "This is unacceptable." <laughs> and so that's where like the concept for the utilidors. But yeah, there's a cafeteria down there. It's where costuming. It's yeah, it's awesome. Wow. It's really cool. <laughs> so, what characters would you normally get dressed in then? So I was just a skipper on the Jungle Cruise. Yeah. So like I had like this khaki uniform and a hat and like <laughs> trail boots that I had to wear every day. Um, so I wasn't best friends with any of the characters, <laughs> <laughs> but I saw people who were, <laughs> and 
I felt bad. There was one girl during training. We like walked past the room where the like costume costumes are and all of the heads are hanging on the wall. <laughs> oh, that's kind of scary. <laughs> it is kind of scary. And like, I thought it was super cool. Cause like I had been to Disney so many times before that, like it didn't ruin any magic, but there's one girl, it was like her first time going to Disney ever. And she was in the college program and she walks past it and she just started sobbing. Oh my <laughs> I, was like, gosh. Yeah. I was like, it's okay. It's going to be great. <laughs> What is your uh, favorite Disney character, Hillary? Oh, man. A Cinderella, which I know, like, now it's, like, all Cinderella. But I just love, I've always loved Cinderella. I had a Cinderella dress when I was five. I should have liked Belle because I have brown hair, but no. Nah. Brunette Cinderella. <laughs> How did you feel about the live-action Cinderella? Did you like it? No, I did not like that one. But I love the one with Brandy. I love that live-action oh, Cinderella. Yeah. From the 90s. Yes. That one's my favorite. Oh, the songs are so good. Oh, they're great. And it's on Disney Plus now. So you mentioned earlier, Hillary, that you've been um, uh, quilting for about 10 years and sewing for about 20. So um, who taught you how to sew and how to quilt? Um, No one. So, well, I had like some guidance from my grandmother, um, but I mean, some of it was bad. (laughs) <laughs> the, um, the very first like pattern that I ever made that was a garment pattern I just I bought my fabric at Walmart I bought the pattern at Walmart um, it was for a Halloween costume and I like cut out all my pattern pieces and my grandma comes in and she sewed for years in the 60s and 70s and she goes oh you need to add seam allowance to this pattern <gasps> Because that's how Uh garment patterns were back then. They didn't have an included seam allowance. And so I was like, really? What is? And so I like added all this extra fabric. And so it ended up not fitting at all because I added like there was double seam allowance and it was terrible. But I was very proud of myself that I made something even though it did not fit. (laughs) So but that was I was a freshman. I was in eighth grade freshman in high school. So like pre-YouTube. Yep. And so it's like I opened my manual of my sewing machine and I was like, hmm, all right, let's figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> so I've actually never been to a Walmart before. Really? Um, yeah. Well, 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 there aren't any in New York. There aren't in the city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, I, I'd love to go to one. So how does fabric shopping work in Walmart? Like, do they sell it in bolts? Do they, they still? Do. do they still sell fabric at Walmart? So I think some, certain. Certain Walmarts okay. still have fabric. Um, back then, I think most did. And there was like a probably equivalent to like a Hobby Lobby Hobby Lobby amount of fabric at Walmart at the time. But yeah, it's on bolts and there's a little old lady who cuts it for you. And it's really, really terrible quality. <laughs> <laughs> but for 13-year-old me, it worked great. <laughs> Why not? I mean, great for Halloween costumes. Exactly. <laughs> I fear, Wendy, you're going to be really disappointed by Walmart. Yeah, I don't know why you're excited about going in one. I don't know. It's just like it sounds such like a novelty thing, especially like for like a foreigner. Like, I don't know. Like, because you always hear things like, you know, really big sized items. Like, you can get like a giant pound of Doritos or something. Oh, no. You need to go to like a Costco. Costco. That's Costco. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So follow up to um, 
You mentioned that the funniest kind of bad advice from your grandma was adding extra seam allowance. When you were teaching yourself how to quilt, what is your, looking back, what's your favorite rookie mistake you made? Um, not owning a rotary cutter or ruler or mat. Um, and then I also (laughs) didn't, the next quilt I made after that one, I did have a rotary cutter and thing, but I sewed my pieces together with a three eighths inch seam allowance. (laughs) Oh wow. Um, and then when I did the quilting and my little book was like, use this stitch for quilting, but little did I know that's like the stitch you should use for piecing. So it was like really short stitch that I used to quilt it. So it's like a 1.8 millimeter stitch length oh, for quilting. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm Lots guessing of rookie you, mistakes. So I'm guessing you learned a lot of your sort of quilting skills and knowledge through books. And then eventually, I think as things get more like online, is that where you it generally works? Yeah, so I had a few like quilting magazines that I picked up at Joann's. And then when I like finally dove into quilting for real, it was like 2011, 2012. So like Craftsy was a thing and um, YouTube was more popular and I was able to find a few things online and back when Flickr was a thing and blogs and stuff. So online definitely helped me get over the rookie mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever start your own blog? I did. So I actually, I have a blog. um, And back then um, I started it in 2012 And back then it was like a mommy crafty blog. And my username was young Texan mama. (laughs) Rebranded. Just imagining big hair. Yeah. uh, Rebranded a few years ago. So, Um, but yeah, so I actually, I have like over, I have over 400 posts on my blog because I just, I I migrated it all because it all, a lot of it still has a lot of traction on Pinterest. It was like, I don't want to lose that traffic. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not quilting related, it's still good traffic to my, I think I looked, um, I have my Google data studio set up. And so every month I'll get an email with like my highest performing page and almost every month it's how to clean a Hoover wind tunnel vacuum. Wow. Uh, you're a mo- specific. If you're a mo- mommy blogger, you blog about cleaning your vacuum. Uh-huh. Well, we'll, well, I'm sure we'll find it. We'll add this on the show notes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So for our listeners that are not too familiar with your um, quilting style, can you tell us more about it? Yeah. So I definitely consider my style more modern traditionalism. If it had to be like put in a category, I really love traditional blocks and things, but made in a more unique way and like bigger sashing, more negative space, um, modern fabrics, lots of bright colors and things like that. So not like super modern abstract but not traditional what your grandma would make kind of right in the middle when you're getting ready to start a new quilting project where do you draw your inspiration from a lot of times I like to find a color palette that I like Um, I follow a few Instagram accounts one of them's color palette cinema and it's like stills from movies and then the color palette pulled out of it and so I like to kind of do that and pull my fabrics and then work from there have you ever done that with a Disney film? I have not yet, but and you call yourself a the super wheels are fan. turning. <laughs> you should be a like Disney princess palette, like 
one for each princess. That would be so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Hillary has left the recording. She has better things to do now. (laughs) So you actually just launched your first quilt pattern. Uh, Mm -hmm. What made you decide to take the leap into quilt pattern writing? Um, So last year was rough. 2020 was rough. I know it's was rough for all of us. Um, and I've always worked from home the past five years I've worked from home. And so that part of staying home was the same, but just the weight of the year just was kind of really wearing on me. And I needed something like I needed an outlet that was a change and different. Um, and then I saw Elizabeth from Quilters Candy. She had her pattern design course launched last fall and I signed up on the last day. I was like, you know what? (laughs) It's a lot of money. Let's do this. Let's do this. Go make a change. Um, it's it's been a really fun adventure because it's been something to stimulate me mentally, and it's just been really fun. I had never used Illustrator before signing up for the course, and so that was a huge learning curve because Illustrator is difficult. Um, but it's been great, and I really, it's been a really great creative outlet. That's the same as what I love to do. That's the same as quilting, but in a different way, because just getting someone else's pattern and making it is super fun. But being able, like the joy of making something that from the very beginning to like finished quilt has been, it's been great for my mental capacity (laughs) and just kind of getting through the end of last year and things feel hopeful this year, hopefully. Yeah, 2021 seems better. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and this is like also like with the weather getting better as well and yeah. more outdoorsy things. But yeah, like it's definitely good. like there's so much thought that goes behind, you know, creating a quilt that mm-hmm. it does help take off, you know, take your mind off, you know, things that are going around. For sure. Yeah. Do you have, um, do you have plans to release a second pattern? I do. So in the course, like after learning the ins and outs of EQ8 and Illustrator and everything, one afternoon I sat there and I like drew up a dozen <laughs> different ones. Oh, wow. And like, that's just like the quilt itself in EQ8. And so I haven't done like the math or anything on them yet. Um, but yeah, I think I'll probably have another one June or July. Oh, nice. Yeah. So are you using EQ8 with Illustrator like together or are you using them for the same purposes separately? I use EQ8 just as like, a basic like drag and drop blocks kind of playing around with the quilt design itself. Mm-hmm. And then illustrator I use to like draw up diagrams and to fine tune everything. Um, because EQ8 is great. I really like it, but it's, you can only do so much in there before you need more capabilities. So I use illustrator to like write up the whole pattern and do all the, the bulk of it. Makes sense. Since you've been quilting for a long time and like, I'm sure I've made, dozens of different patterns by different designers. What was the most surprising thing about designing your own patterns? Being able to read it as a beginner. That was the hardest thing because in going through it, there's so much that is just second nature to me now that I don't think about needing to fully explain something. Um, And so I had a really great team of testers and a couple people, one girl, it was her very first like quilt that was larger than a (laughs) placemat. And so it was great because she gave me feedback that I would have never thought of because I've already like surpassed that beginner stage. 
And so that was, that was a big part, a big thing. Yeah. You got to find a beginner tester. They're rare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they are. <laughs> she came, she found me on TikTok. Really? So are you part. on TikTok? I am on TikTok. Tell us more. <laughs> I actually really love TikTok. Um, the editing capabilities in TikTok are far superior to Instagram Reels. Um, no, it's just really fun. And it's one of the, I tell people who are like not Gen Z that when you first get TikTok, it's going to be terrible <laughs> because you're going to get teenagers dancing on your like for you page or on your newsfeed. It's just going to be teenagers dancing but like then the more you interact with things in your niche or things you like you'll only get that kind of stuff so like I get uh plant people and people who sew and quilt and moms on my like I don't see any teenagers dancing anymore <laughs> are, there, are there a lot of quilters on TikTok or do you There's think more are moving over number. I think more are moving over okay hmm. interesting what are the what are the kind of quilting sewing videos of people really like these days most of it is like stop motion of like creating a block or since a lot of people like the main demographic on tiktok they're not quilters so a lot of long armors are on tiktok and so like videos of long arm quilting is very popular because like that's to someone who's not a quilter i guess that's mind-blowing like that this machine does this interesting (laughs) It just feels like such a weird juxtaposition of long armors on TikTok. <laughs> it's a weird combination. I love it. Um, on your blogs, you've got a couple posts up about using quilt blocks when making quilt coats. Um, as someone who makes garments fairly often, do you have any advice for tackling quilt coats, tackling quilt coats with blocks? Anything on quilt coats? (laughs) Yeah. So my first biggest piece of advice is to just go for it. Um, One of my coworkers, she's a quilter as well. And she goes, I can't sew in 3D. I'm like, yes, you can. Like, (laughs) you can. It's, you know, it's going to be difficult because it's new, but it's just because it's new. Um, So definitely go for it. Um, Pre-wash your fabric. So like if you're not a pre-washer, pre-wash your fabric for the quilt coat. Because if you plan on washing it, it will shrink and you don't want to make something that fits and then wash it and it shrinks and just have fun with it. Do you have a favorite pattern? Um, I made the Seamwork Easton quilt coat and I like this one because it's written to be a quilt coat. And so it's one less step compared to taking a coat pattern and turning it into a quilt coat. Mm. That's good to know. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm hoping to see more quilt coat patterns or patterns mm-hmm. written to be as a quilt coat because I think a lot of the time, like the patterns that we pick up now, it kind of requires a little bit more like sort of thinking out of the box in order to make it work. Right. Um, a bit more problem solving. It's not built for that bulk. Yeah. So you work for one of our favorite companies, Orifil Thread. Are you able to tell us more about your role at the company? For sure. Um, so I, my official title is I'm the social media and quilt guild coordinator for RFL Thread. Um, and that essentially means that I manage all of our social media accounts. And then I also handle um, donation and sponsorship requests from guilds and organizations. Um, and I've been with the company since 2016. So five years now. 
Um, and it's been really great. Uh, I work with a really great team of people and it's great that I can work from home. Um, and it's really fun. Were you working in the like quilting sewing industry space before that, or like what precipitated the move to Orofil? So I wasn't, um, I was blogging and sewing about quilting. Um, and prior to working for Orofil, I worked in newsletter marketing at a company for a short period of time. Um, and I left that job in August of 2015. And then in October, I live in Houston. So Quilt Festival and Quilt Market are here. And so, and I had met Alex Veronelli in 2013. And so we connected on LinkedIn and Facebook, you know, all the things. And so in October of 2015, he sends me a message on Facebook and was like, hey, are you interested in coming and working at Orville at Quilt Market? And I thought they just needed help because I live in Houston. And I was like, sure, you know, why not? Like, I'm not working right now. Let's do this. And then he replies and he goes, great. Well, we're looking for someone to work remote full time, 40 hours a week. And I was like, oh, this is for a real job. <laughs> Like, okay, let's do this. Um, so I went to Quilt Market in 2015 and I worked in the Orfil booth and it was my like working interview. And then I started um, in November as like contracted as like a test run. And then I started officially the following January. Nice. What has been like the most surprising thing that you've learned about like the thread making process since starting? how involved it is. And like, I don't know off the top of my, I should know it off the top of my head, but I don't know like the exact amount of time it takes to just like manufacture like a, I can't think of the word manufacture, like a thing of spools, like from the beginning, the raw cotton to the end. Um, but there's so much that goes into it. Um, I should really take a look at our, our philosophy program. <laughs> so I know those numbers off the top of my head, but I never realized how involved it was for just like one spool of thread and the number of steps and the amount of care that goes into it. I totally pay for a virtual tour. Of the I was about to say like, I'd love to go to the factory. Okay. It's time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Hillary? Yes. Anna, why don't you kick us off? Okay. What is your favorite time of day to quilt? Nighttime. Where do you sew? Uh, in my office that now has a door. Do you wear shoes while sewing? No. Do you wear socks? Slippers? Uh, in the winter. Uh, music, Netflix, podcasts, or silence while sewing? Podcasts. What's your current favorite? Um, I'm trying to get through all of Stuff You Missed in History class. Um, and it started in 2008, and I've made it to 2019. So I'm almost oh. caught up. Wow, that's really nice. impressive. I've been listening for the past like two and a half years. So, <laughs> what was the most recent thing you learned? The most recent one was about the Ghost Army during World War II, and it was essentially like they used inflatable tanks to make the other side think that there was like a barricade, but it was an inflatable tank. That's amazing. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, favorite traditional block? A Ohio star. What's your favorite color? My favorite color is pink. What's your favorite brand of solids? Michael Miller. What's your favorite Michael Miller color? I don't know. Do you have a favorite Kona? My favorite Kona is pickle. Oh, mm. yes. I love yes. pickle. 
Nickel's my favorite Kona. I don't work with a lot of solids, but I like Michael Miller because I like how soft they are, but they're not like too soft like the art gallery ones. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Now I have to try this out. Where can we get the Michael Miller solids from? I get mine from Hawthorne Supply Co. Okay. Oh. Uh, what color fabric do you use the most? Blue. Solids or prints? Prints. Who is your favorite fabric designer? Anna Maria Horner. What's the last fabric you bought? I've been on this, like a fabric, we just bought a house. So I've been on a fabric buying freeze. So I really don't <laughs> remember what I bought last. When you're, when you're buying fabric, uh, what is your favorite quilt shop? Um, so I like to shop local. And so I go to Quilters Crossing, which is in Tomball, Texas. Um, and then if I'm shopping online, I'll do either Hawthorne Supply Co. or Fat Quarter Shop. How do you organize your fabrics? Uh, right now they're not. <laughs> <laughs> But one day it will be in a nice cabinet. <laughs> uh, where do you store your scraps? In a bucket. Like a Home Depot bucket or like a fancy like bucket? In a like 70 gallon plastic tote bucket. Huge bucket. <laughs> Not I was organized. imagining like a tiny cute little bucket. No, it's huge. <laughs> it's a huge bucket. <laughs> Come on, Amanda. Everything's bigger in Texas. I know, it's true. <laughs> Uh, what sewing notion couldn't you live without? My pens, the pens I use. I use the fine, the glass head, super fine pens. From Clover? No, I think mine are Dritz. We're going to have to have a battle. We're going to have to battle these pens out. Yeah. Strong feelings about these pens. <laughs> I can just like imagine you guys throwing pins at each other. <laughs> Some stupid reason. The tiniest, the tiniest fencing and match. <laughs> have you guys ever done peep jousting? What? No. Oh my God, guys. Okay, listeners, get yourself some peeps, which I maintain are delicious. Anna, Agreed. shush. Don't get peeps. They're Agreed. gross. You have to buy two of them. You put them, uh, you need a uh, microwave that rotates. You basically put little um, uh, toothpicks, one on top of each other, and you kind of equidistant apart, put them in the microwave, whichever one like explodes the other one first with their little... <laughs> Jousting. It's very exciting, guys. That's like a big mess. <laughs> oh my kids are gonna love this. It's not as exciting as I'm saying it. Like it, like it's just kind of like you think it's gonna explode, but they just kind of deflate. And then you get to eat marshmallows. I love it. I don't want to clean that. I'm gonna do that for my kids' YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> Keep jousting. What's your favorite ruler size? A six and a half inch square. What thread brand do you use? Orville thread. What is your favorite Orville color? 2311. What is it? I don't know. I don't remember the name. It's like a pale beige. It's actually the very first color I ever got. Um, and it's still a favorite. It's like perfect neutral. Good to know. What's your favorite Orville thread weight? 50 weight for everything. Hell yeah. I love that. Pressing preference. Open, dark side, or whatever works. Open. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> you kids. <laughs> Open. You kids. Uh, pick one. HSTs, curves, or flying piece. HSTs. Machine or hand quilt? Machine, but I've started trying hand quilting. Nice. Do you like it? I do. I do because I can sit on the couch and do it. Yeah. So cozy. Machine or hand bind? Hand. Spray, pin, or thread-based? Spray. Uh, pre-wash always, sometimes, never? Always for garments, never for quilting. 
Oh, interesting. Why? <laughs> Mandy, you're so judgy today. Like, what the I hell? am always judgy. <laughs> this is nothing judgy. new. <laughs> Says Anna, who gives me shit about peeps. I didn't say I wasn't judgy. <laughs> uh, so what's your favorite part of the quilting process? I think that piecing. I really love piecing because um, it's just so methodical just to do it. I love piecing. What is your least favorite part of the quilting process? Basting. What's one bad quilting habit you wish you could give up? Sewing over pins. Who's your quilty BFF? Uh, My friend Leslie from Lilla Bunny. Who is your quilty crush? Anna Maria Horner. What's your favorite recent make? My new pattern, my Blanco quilt. How many quilts are in your work in progress pile right now? Too many. (laughs) And... (laughs) Where do you store your whips? In a giant box. <laughs> tote, <laughs> similar to the scrap tote. <laughs> do you have any other hobbies? I do. I run slowly mm-hmm. and I cross stitch. Before we wrap today up, we've got just a couple more questions. First up is, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Um, so I mentioned this one earlier, but Color Palette Cinema it's super cool for color palette inspiration. Um, I was going through like my saved posts on Instagram and most of them were color palettes. <laughs> um, and then the next one is public library quilts. Their aesthetic is like the complete opposite of mine, but I love it. Um, and they're a historian, which I also love cause I have a degree in history. And so it just, I nerd out reading all of their posts and it's really inspirational. And then the last one is Lynn's Avenue. Um, she makes the most beautiful, bright, and bold, gorgeous quilts. And I love them so much. Her use of curves is awesome. Yes. And I, like, I'm kind of weary of curves. I haven't done them a lot. And so I'm just, I'm in awe of She's her got patterns. a great, like, mod vibe. Like, I feel Yes, like, yeah. yes. Like, the swinging Super 60s cool. type thing. Mm-hmm. Really cool. All right. So before we sign off, do you have any fun projects on the horizon that you're able to share with us? Um, I am working on my next pattern um, that will probably be out June or July and trying to get my sewing space organized. And other than that, not just quilting and sewing away. So we hope that you enjoyed today's show. And if you'd like to contact any of us, we can be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio. Wendy. I am the.weekendquilter. Anna. I am at Wax and Wayne Studio. And Hillary. I am at by Hillary Jordan. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website quiltbuzzpodcast.com for previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's show, we hope that you subscribe and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, we'd be thrilled. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. 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 Bye.